So for this spring semester, as many of you know, the Bible study is looking at themes of justice and how justice comes up in Scripture. And so tonight we'll talk about justice and why it's an important thing and why act justly is actually part of the Calvin College mission statement. And then from here out, uh, for the rest of the semester, we're talking in one way or another about relationships. We're talking uh, next week about how to confront somebody, how to approach someone who has wronged you or they have to reconcile? How do you own your own stuff? How do you forgive? And then after spring break, we're going to be talking about sex and we're going to be talking about parents and we're going to be talking about singleness. And so uh, all having to do with relationships and being human before the face of God. So just as a heads up, the bookmarks are out there. The yellow strips will tell you what we're doing on what day. So pay attention to that. So for tonight, we're going to be talking about justice. And I invite you to turn to Luke 18. This is page 853. The black book around you is your Bible. Page 853 in that. If you don't have a Bible, please feel free to take one of these. We'll be reading Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told the disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while, he refused. But later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. So Jesus tells a story about a widow, and that's something that we can kind of imagine, but I wanna tell you a story about another widow. This is a widow from Uganda. This is Albertina, that's not her real name, that's the name that uh, we're using. And Albertina is from the northern area of Uganda, and about 10 years ago, she and her children and her grandchildren moved from northern Uganda south to go back onto the land that they had left Now, during their time in the refugee camp, her husband had died. And so when she came back to claim her land, she found that her neighbors had moved on to the land and were not letting her get on it. Now, this isn't unusual because in Uganda, the husband comes from one clan and the wife comes from another clan. And when the husband dies, his relatives come in and try to take the land from the widow and her children. Now, this is illegal but they still try to do it. And so for years, she and her family have etched out this little bit of living. You can see here, this is their hut, this is their little patch, and they should have a significant part of land, and they're trying to support a huge family on this little chunk of land. And when I say huge family, this is her family. This is her children and her grandchildren. And so, For years, they've been persecuted by these neighbors who have spears and they bully them. They accused her falsely. She was thrown into prison. She was thrown into prison. 
and then she was let out again, and it's this been going on. And finally, in 2014, there was another widow who told her about this agency called the International Justice Mission. And the International Justice Mission in Uganda works for widows. They work to help widows get their land back. And so in 2014, they took on her case. 2014, what year is it now? Still not resolved. Because justice moves slowly in Uganda, judges are used to bribes, it takes a long time. Now in the meantime, IJM has provided food for her family, they've given her a guard, so it's a lot more stability for this family, but the court case drags on. So when Jesus tells this story about a widow who is persistent in her quest for justice, Maybe we think, oh, she probably just went like every day for a week. What if it were months? What if it were years? What if she had a large family to feed and nowhere to go? Can you imagine the desperation? Can you feel it now? Can you imagine it more clearly because we've actually seen a widow in this circumstance? This is what Jesus is describing. Someone who has absolutely no power and someone who has all the power. And he describes justice coming, but coming very slowly. Now right before he tells this parable, Jesus has been talking to his disciples about the kingdom of God and the grandness that is the kingdom of God. And then he tells them this parable to remind them to pray always and not lose heart. So what does the kingdom of God and this story about a widow who's in desperate circumstances and pleading for justice, what do these things have to do with each other? Well, the disciples had an idea about the kingdom of God that was pretty time-bound, pretty focused. They thought that the kingdom of God would come when Jesus kicked out Herod, kicked out Rome, had as a throne established in Jerusalem, and the land of Israel would return to the Jews. That would be the kingdom of God. That was their vision. And so they were a bit impatient to have that vision come true. But Jesus knew that the kingdom of God was actually something that was much larger and would take a lot longer. And so when he tells them to pray always and not lose heart, He's not only talking about the day-to-day-to-day things that we pray for, like this widow going back and back and back to the judge, but he's also talking for the long time that we have been praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which we have been praying as a church for 2,000 years. So Jesus is not only talking about the day-to-day-to-day prayer, he's talking about this long wait that the church of Jesus Christ has had. Pray always, he says, and don't lose heart. And Jesus knows us pretty well because he knows we do lose heart, especially when it comes to working for justice, pleading our cause. This is exhausting work. Some of you have passion areas. Maybe it's the sanctity of life or creation care or care for refugees or immigrants or sexual minorities or sanctity of life or some way in racism. You're trying, to, you're trying to make progress and it's just so difficult. 
You try to enlist somebody to your cause, you pour out your heart, you say, this is why this is important to me, and the person goes, okay. Uh, what do you want me to do? And you feel like, come on, this is my heart, this is my passion. Or you watch your progress on the cause go forward to a certain point and then maybe the government at city level or state level or federal level like pushes back. And it's like, oh, we made progress and now it's back and now we have to keep working. And it's so easy to lose heart. It's so easy to get burned out. Jesus' paraphrase would be pray always and don't get burned out. Because he knows that the fight for justice and the longing for the kingdom can burn us out. We can get weary in well-doing. And so Jesus told his disciples this parable to encourage them. Now what exactly in this parable do you read and you go, wow, I'm really inspired now. You kind of have to dig for it. Because he sets up this case of the judge And he says, this judge is a really bad guy. He doesn't care about God. He doesn't care about people. He only cares about himself. And the cultural undercurrent, which you can kind of get now that you've seen it in a Ugandan setting, the cultural undercurrent here is that the judge probably wanted a bribe or he wanted her. He wanted something. And so Jesus sets up a character that all of the disciples could easily imagine. And he says, if this guy is willing to give justice, if he chooses the right right thing once, how much more won't your God do the right thing? And he's banking here on the disciples' understanding of who God is. That in their Jewish upbringing, they've learned that God is a God of loving kindness, that God is a God who loves justice, who has a heart for justice, as we read in the scripture at the beginning of the service. That this is just part of who God is, that he cares for the widows and the orphans and the strangers. So Jesus is saying, like, okay, if this guy, all right, total jerk, if this guy can do the right thing once, how much more isn't God going to bring justice. Now, part of the challenge of finding the good news here is that he says, will he not grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And we're like, um, what? Because at the beginning of the passage, you said, pray always, don't lose heart, this is gonna take a long time, and at the end, you're like, God's gonna be like, zap. So what is he talking about there? Well, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. He is talking about when he comes in glory, what will happen. When Jesus comes in glory, when the Son of Man comes and all the angels with him, we will not have to get in line to plead our case. You will not have to fill out any paperwork. You will not have to hire an attorney. There will be no judges, no juries. There will be no need for you to stand up and read in public a victim impact statement. Because justice 
will come in a flash. Justice will come in a blink of an eye and suddenly everything in our lives, everything in this world that has been unjust and wrong and hateful, everything in a minute will be flipped and all will be made new. So God is saying to his disciples, keep praying for the kingdom of God because your prayers matter, because we worship a God who hears and we worship a God who acts. And he says he doesn't just hear and act for the day by day by day by day, which he also does. And I'm sure that IJM will soon send me another mailing and tell me about Albertina and how her case is going. We don't only pray day by day by day for the justice things, but we also pray into the kingdom. We pray into the new heavens and the new earth. We pray always and we don't give up because we can't wait for the day when justice will roll down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. We can't wait. But it's so easy to lose heart, isn't it? And now some of you are training for careers that actually have a high degree of lose-heartedness, a high degree of burnout. Social workers in the space, healthcare workers, politics, law, ministry. Now you're like, I'm not doing any of those things anymore. (laughs) Any career you have, any work you have, or even volunteer work you have, where you're trying to push back the darkness day after day after day, that gets fatiguing, that gets draining, that can take it out of you. And you know you're supposed to pray always and not lose heart, but even that sounds like a whole lot of work. So I talked with our friends at the International Justice Mission, because they do this every day. They have agencies around the world that are tackling big problems like sex trafficking and slavery and uh, the widows losing their land. They're all over the place. And so I talked to some, there are a number of Calvin alums, by the way, who work for IJM. So what do y'all do when you feel like you're gonna lose heart, when it just gets too much? And here are the things that they do that help them to pray always and not lose heart. The first thing, every morning from 8 to 8.30, every office around the world goes quiet and every individual employee spends 30 minutes reading scripture, praying, journaling, reading devotional literature, centering themselves. The first thing they do is get rooted in Christ. And so I talked with one of our Calvin alums who worked there and I said, you know, what does that do for you? And she said, well, it reminds me every day that this is God's mission. I can't do this out of my zeal or my passion. This is God's mission and I get to work in it. And I get to do this because of what God in Christ has done for me. I'm not trying to prove anything. This isn't an ego thing. This is a response to God's grace in my life. And so I spend 30 minutes every morning with all of my coworkers reminding myself what God is doing in my life, getting rooted in Christ. The second thing they do is get rooted in community. Because again, every day, the staff of every place gets together and they worship together. They read scripture, they sing songs, they have prayer requests, they get updates on cases every day. 
Because when you're doing justice, you can't be a lone ranger. You can't be out there all by yourself. You gotta have people who know what it's like. So they get rooted in Christ, they get rooted in community, and this third thing kind of surprised me, they are rooted in celebration. Now, it may seem kind of funny, like if you're working on a case for a widow in Uganda, to put the paperwork aside for a day and go out with your coworkers into a park and have a water balloon fight and eat cake. But they have learned that the work is so draining that they need to cultivate joy. And they need to cultivate playfulness. And their staffs need to be able to just laugh and let loose because the work is so hard. And they also say that when they celebrate, when they practice, they actually schedule in celebration day, celebration day, celebrate. I was like, I need to shape my life around celebration. (laughs) They say when we live into the celebration, we are living into the new heavens and the new earth. We are living into the day when justice will roll down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. We're imagining the feast in the house of Zion that is yet to come. We're reminding ourselves that our work is part of God's global mission for justice. Rooted in Christ, rooted in community, rooted in celebration. Now, you may be thinking, well, this is great, love justice, big fan. Why, of all the phrases we could have put in a Calvin College mission statement, we put act justly? Like, why? It has to do with this last line in the passage. All right, God's talking here about Jesus, and he says, I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And then he says this thing that we're like, um, what? And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And it it feels like that's a non sequitur. It's like, that doesn't have anything to do with what we were talking about earlier, Jesus. You know, did Luke just like, oh, here's a good phrase. Let's chuck that in there. Like, how is that? How does that align with what we've been learning about with the kingdom and persistence and justice? Well, you need to know that for Jews, faith, the idea of faith, wasn't merely intellectual assent. It wasn't just belief. Jesus isn't asking here, when I come back, will you still believe that I'm the Messiah, the Son of God sent to redeem the world? For the Jews, faith was life. Faith was living in alignment with the mission of God. Faith was obedience. Faith was living the way God called you to live. Faith was acting justly. And so Jesus asks this question after he's talking about justice and he's talking about the kingdom and he knows how hard it is and he says, when the Son of Man comes back, will I find faith on earth? Will you be doing this? Will you advocate for widows? Will you stand up for the poor? Will you speak for the outcast? Will you welcome in the stranger? Will you be doing these things that align you with the mission of God? Will you be doing these things that anticipate the kingdom? And so at Calvin College, we want the answer to be a big fat yes. We want to act justly because this aligns us with the big mission of God. And this isn't something we do because we think it's cool or hip or like 21st century, whatever. No. This is like core about what it means to follow Jesus. 
We think deeply, we act justly, we live wholeheartedly as Christ's agents of renewal in the world. When we act justly, we are living in to the kingdom. When we act justly, we are remembering to pray always and not lose heart. When we act justly, it comes out of the fact that we are rooted in Christ and rooted in community and rooted in celebration. So when you see that little phrase around, act justly, you should stand up a little bit straighter because you are part of a global mission. A mission that is going to bring hope and peace and justice to people like Albertina to people like you, to people who so desperately need to know the truth that they are loved, that they are precious, that they are forgiven, that Jesus rose for them. Acting justly is how we at Calvin College get to live out our faith and get to live into the kingdom and long for the day when the Son of Man returns and you don't stand in line for justice anymore because in a flash, in a blink, everything wrong will be made right. Amen.